BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Easter is just around the corner, and what better way to celebrate the spring season than with a Miki Couture Blanket? Whether you're gathering with family for an Easter egg hunt or just enjoying a quiet day at home, Minky Blankets are the perfect addition to your Easter festivities. Made with ultra-soft and luxurious materials, these blankets will keep you cozy and comfortable, while their stylish designs will add a touch of spring to your day. And with a wide range of colors and patterns to choose from, there's a Minky Blanket for everyone. So this Easter, make your day even brighter with a Minky Couture Blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket just in time for Easter. Happy Easter from Minky Couture. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Olin. I'm here with my co-host, Cody Schultz. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, We're doing all the May 2023 releases on Netflix. Um, It's going to be an interesting month. It's not quite as jam-packed as April was, nor is it as big as June and July are going to be for Netflix. Um, but we've got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, how about we talk about Outer Banks, Cody? There's a new rumor going around. Yeah, so this one's really interesting. It's not about the show. I should set that up beforehand. I wish it was about That's... the show. We we really don't have like too too much updates yet just on season four other than we know it's happening. But beyond that, I feel like it's a lot of question marks for timing and everything else. But there is a new rumor Um from a popular celebrity blind, they're, they're known for blind items. Uh, Demoy, Demois, however you want to say it, whatever your heart we call feels it is Demoy. right. <laughs> Demoy is more fun to say. <laughs> um, but there's a new rumor that a member of the cast, uh, the one of the stars of the Outer Banks, is screen testing for James Gunn's Superman. Uh, they don't give any insight on who it could be. They don't even 100% specify whether they're screen testing for the role of Superman, although that's what's kind of assumed. Um, I'm really, it's this is intriguing to me. I don't know how quite to feel. I think the biggest thing is I don't know who they might be talking about. Because, um, like, I'm trying to imagine Chase Stokes as Superman. I love him as John B. on Outer Banks, but I don't know if I could see him as Superman, per se. I'm with you. I... I mean, I don't know. Don't hate us, Chase. We love you. We love Outer Banks. But yeah, I don't know. That it's just too weird. I don't anyone is Superman. I feel like that it's one of those roles where it's like Henry Cavill made sense to me at the time and seeing him as Superman Superman <laughs> makes sense and I just don't know if anyone looks like that anymore. So it's it's hard to imagine. Um I think that I, I think we have to assume that it's him. I think that he's probably like the biggest uh, male star of Outer Banks. I mean, I don't know if that's actually true. It seems like it's true. 
he seems like he has the profile. He's about the right age for the role. Um, all I know, and I told you this yesterday when I saw this, uh, if Outer Banks ends because he becomes Superman and has to film for 10 months out of the year and can't do the show anymore, riots. I can't do it. I won't watch it. I'll boycott. I will. <laughs> yeah, I think that's been my struggle because I really would love to see Rudy take on the role of the Human Torch. But then I'm like, hmm, if he gets cast in a Marvel movie, that's going to really take up a lot of his time with filming. And then I'm like, what does that mean for Outer Banks? I don't want the show to end. I don't want us to lose any of the key cast members. Um, you know, the one thing we were talking, of course, Chase comes first to mind. I almost wonder who else could be in like because they don't specify and they, there wasn't even really mm. any hints in the blind item about like it yeah. you know like leading into john b or something like a, a word play or something so i'm like could it be another member of the cast too like drew starkey i almost could feel would be a little bit more on point like i could envision him a little bit more than chase stokes in the role um even jonathan davis would be interesting as like a clark there but the age thing is the other thing i'm questioning because I know James Gunn's been up in the air about like what age range and when exactly his Superman's going to be like at in his life. But I think they've been mentioning like at least mid thirties. Um, so I think that would be interesting just to see where we put some of them. Although granted a lot of the outer banks cast, they're playing teens, but they're closer or in their thirties. So um, I mean, it definitely would line up age wise, but like someone like Jonathan Davis, of course is, He's 23, one of the younger members of the cast. So that would be the interesting thing there to see how it would play out. Yeah, or, I mean, Madeline Klein, I could definitely see. I mean, I think that she's already been in Knives Out 2. Uh, could definitely uh, join the Marvel or DC universe, I feel, in the future, just with, like, her, like, stardom and talent level. Um, it just seems like the natural, like, I don't know progression i guess for actors and actresses like as they get bigger they get swooped up by you know disney warner bros and all bets are off from there how like high they can climb in the ranks of like the acting world you know yeah and i think it's becoming i mean it's still common practice a lot of like the actors you hear hear about how the reason they're still flocking to those superhero movies especially marvel is because that's where they can get their biggest paycheck like mm-hmm no one is competing with Marvel in terms of the amounts that, you know, people can make for some of these roles, especially if they go on to become franchise players. And so it's like, of course, why wouldn't you chase that kind of a role like that's going to give you not just this huge platform, but also a decent payout? Because, of course, that's what you're all, you know, everyone you work for yeah. your money. So it's like yeah. you're going to go after the roles that, that are going to pay you the best. And so it's like it makes sense that Marvel is still able to pay those higher fees and of course like indie studios or streamers even. So it, it makes sense that there's still so many big names flocking to that. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It's funny because in that same Netflix vein of like stars, Jacob Elordi is another one whose name keeps coming up mm-hmm. a lot with the Superman movie, a, a lot of fan casting. And I that one I could see a little bit more like just since seeing so many fan art variants of imagining him as superman he definitely i think could look the part um i don't i don't have much like to base background wise because i haven't watched euphoria so i kind of have the uh kissing, kissing booth, booth movies <laughs> those i don't know <laughs> if those are definitely like the best you know 
options to look at and be like, oh, well, this, you know, they're great movies. Yeah. I enjoy them, but they're not He's like Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah, they're not Oscar nominated, you know, caliber movies. Uh, but I could see him being in the mix there if, if that was to come something. I, I could envision him more than maybe someone from Outer Banks. Yeah, that makes sense, too. I think that going back a little bit, like just the consistency of the work, too, I feel like is like if you're Superman, I don't know how many what James Gunn and them are going to do with with the role. But you're probably looking at three to four movies, right? If you hit it big and then that's consistent money through. I mean, at least you're working for the next four years rather than like maybe not. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, Jacob Elordi, I could definitely see there's like. I don't know. There's more people I feel like that I could see than Chase Stokes for sure <laughs> in, in the role. Not only for the selfish reason that I want Outer Banks to go on forever. Um, yeah, it's I guess very I, true. I mean, we've been talking about Superman and Henry Cavill. We've got some big Witcher news as well. So I don't know. I can't even remember when the last season came out. Was it Christmas 2022? Mm-hmm. But we've got The Witcher season three release dates, dates with the S on the end just dropped because Netflix is splitting it into two parts. We've got the first five episodes, June 29th. The last three episodes, six through eight, are coming July 27th. Very similar to how they did Stranger Things season five, Ozark season four. What's the other one that got split recently? You You, season four. That's right. I don't know. How are you? We've talked about it a little bit, but uh, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I just it's funny. I, I was just on our sister podcast, Take the Black and The Witcher News came up and mm. I I roasted it. I just <laughs> I think it's a major miss. I just don't think every show is made to do these split seasons. Um, Stranger Things was a, a, definitely an exception that it worked really well for because the episode seven just ended with such a great cliffhanger moment and the Duffer brothers kind of have a little bit more creative liberty. So they kind of plan of like, okay, we're good. We can do a split here. The episodes were also really, really long when you look at like those final episodes of the season. So it made sense to do a little bit different approach there with the Witcher. I think it's more in the boat of like you um, in that, I don't know that it's going to help the show by splitting it into two seasons because you season four really took a hit and I think suffered creatively by them splitting the episodes because just as the momentum had started to build and you were getting to like the heart of the story, it paused, you had to wait a month and it just, it didn't have like the same pack. Like the first five episodes, I didn't enjoy them as much on their own, but when I looked at them as a whole with the back half of the season, it worked. And I think if it hadn't been split, that season would have been better received among critics and fans just because they killed the momentum right in the middle. It just wasn't meant for that split. And I worry that that could happen with the Witcher Um, is especially with having the five and three episodes split. I'm like, at that point, you're only putting a month between the two batches too. like try the weekly format. Finally, like, yeah, if you're going to just release them, it's just such a weird, I don't like the, if you're going to split a season up, put some time in between it is my thing. Like make there be at least some kind of build up. Don't just be like, you have to wait a month. Yeah. That's the, I, I think that they're getting to like, what is the best like viewing experience, I guess. And I don't think that in all cases, it's like the binge watch model of like, we have one day to watch all 10 episodes. Cause like, that's, I don't know. It's really easy to get burnt out like that. There's only a few shows that I will like watch six episodes of in like one day you know 
Um, Stranger Things is one of them. I would would and did do that. So, uh, but in terms of the like the the best view, it like make it twelve episodes and do six and six, where there's like a clear two stories or like one longer arc. I feel like the five and three is very odd. I'm curious to know, like, did the writers know that there was a break, going to be a break after five, like leading into the the last two? Because that's the real, like, if it if there's not and you'd miss on those first five, who's going to tune in for the last three? And I feel like that that's going to overall, like, we know how particular Netflix is about, like, the numbers and uh not just like the overall like total viewing numbers specifically how many like what's the percentage of people who watch one to you know watch the first episode and then also watch the finale within like a given period i don't know like if they change their metrics or if it's like a week or two weeks but we know that that's like you know the creators have talked about it netflix has let us in a little bit on their process of how they do that we already know the witcher is renewed so it's probably not that big of a deal but uh, for those other shows that are like on the chopping block or getting to the end of their run, it just makes it a little bit disjointed, which is like the opposite of what you want as like a viewer, you know, like I don't want to have to wait four weeks if I've just watched the first five and like there's, you, you know, something happening. So I don't know. I just don't know if it flies, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing too is this isn't to shade the show just because I'm an outsider looking at I don't really know what the mm-hmm. fandom is. But I feel like the overall interest in this one, like the buzz isn't quite as big as it used to be like at the start. Um, and so I worry that the split season could harm it just because I, I wonder like how many people will realize, oh, it's coming back in two batches or will even care or I don't know. It just it feels like such a weird and interesting choice. If you wanted to split it, they could have put a little bit, of, even take a Stranger Things approach like we have another stretch of, you know, the holiday granite, you know, the 4th of July holiday, I think, falls on like a Tuesday mm-hmm. this year. So maybe like that wouldn't work this year. But like they could have done a split and done like May and July, June and August, done a little bit more. That way there builds that tension and buzz because just putting less than a month between the two batches is like, what's the point? You could just drop it all at once, let fans watch it. Um and see, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it does affect the momentum. I think the biggest thing, the biggest question will be, does season five end in a way that justifies the split? Because if there's yeah. not like really a big cliffhanger, then I think a lot of fans are going to be like, what's the point? Like, is this, was that it? Are there actually more episodes? Yeah. Do I even care? Like that, that's going to be the the selling point is how strong is episode five? And what's really interesting too, that you kind of mentioned was like, of the shows to do the split with is the witcher the best one because it's already so polarizing like the i feel like of the big netflix like tentpole franchises that they're trying to like get off the ground the witcher probably is that like the like definitely more how do i say it? it just has worse reviews i think that that's just like to put it plainly so like if it misses, it just gives people more ammunition. And I know that's not necessarily what it's all about. And like the people who like this show are probably going to watch anyways, but to make it, it just makes it harder. I feel like for like, you need the more common fans to like post these really big numbers. Um, when, which we've seen the Witcher do before, but with like how season two went, 
then they released blood or is it blood origin i think that's what Mm -hmm. it was called the witcher blood origin on around christmas time that really didn't move the needle at all in terms of uh and was actively like panned so it's just that it's it's a interesting way to do it we do know that this is henry cavill's last go round. i don't know what else to say uh as uh Geralt so it'll be interesting he'll be replaced with Liam Hemsworth for season four it'll be interesting to see I think a lot of people will tune in to figure out how he leaves things in like his last episodes but other than that like it's 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 a rough time and sometimes these summer releases too like I know the fourth of July weekend is we've seen really big things with Netflix um end of July has worked out for like Outer Banks was a huge release at the end of July for season two. Um, Virgin River is always released in July and that's very popular. But in terms of like The Witcher being released in summer, this is the first time we've seen a seen one outside of like the holiday season. And I'm wondering, is that going to hurt the show anyway? You know, with just people not being used to seeing it during that time frame. So I don't know. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, I think it, they... I. I think it's just got so much working against it this season that the split mm-hmm. was a bad decision. Um, Cause like you mentioned this, we already know that this is Henry Cavill's final, final season on the show. There's a lot of controversy around that. A lot of people saying, Oh, I'm going to leave when he leaves because he was the one fighting to keep it, you know, accurate to the source material. And that there's a lot of questions of, is that the big factor that played into why he's leaving the show? And I think when you already have such a, polarizing fan base right now just because of knowing that change is coming and the uncertainty of what's what's to come i don't know if doing like a split is like the best move to throw on like doing something new that way too um and i also wonder like how it's going to affect the momentum too like of of his final run as the character so it'll be interesting to see i mean i hope the fans enjoy the season i hope the season goes out in a way like there's still a lot of unknowns of how they're going to handle the recast and like the handing of the passing of the baton um with henry cavill and liam hemsworth but hopefully it's a good season for the cavill fans and just for the witcher fans who've been with it from day one but i don't know i'm really curious to see how the numbers do ditto we've got more summer stuff to talk about too this is another one from dumois or dumois as we call it uh stranger things season five filming this is gets us more excited than the witcher i think (laughs) yeah so the big rumor and Again, want to stress this is just a rumor and kind of like a blind item. Um, is that filming supposed to start in on May 16th in the Atlanta area? There's one person who said it'll be, you know, the basically the start of regular filming. But then there was another source that said it's going to be with a limited number of the cast members. Um, and then it'll just kind of be the full cast will start late June, July, like coming together as the broader group, which to me, it makes sense if they were to start like with a smaller group, just because a availability of the cast Uh, I think that's been the biggest thing working against Stranger Things is as the popularity and as the years have gone by, like its cast have become some of the most highly sought after actors and actresses. So they're all very booked and busy now. Like it's not just Netflix and kind of in that limited bubble. That's the only thing they're doing. They're doing so many other big shows and movies. And so juggling those schedules is going to be interesting. But I think the thing I'm most curious to talk with you about and get your take on is what that's going to mean if we're just going to be starting filming in mid-May I don't know how that still translate for like summer 2024 release yeah that's the tough part and I mean that's the thing that everyone wants to know too like I mean obviously we're concerned about the story and like are interested to find out how 
this is all going to end being the final season. But like, we also want to know when it's coming out. And I think that when the season ended last summer, that people kind of just assumed that summer 2024 was going to be the like time. I mean, the last two seasons, season three came out summer 2019, I think. And then season four, obviously summer 2022 um, with it started in May and got the split season for the July 4th weekend um, finale, basically. But yeah, I, I think that if you just look at like overall timelines and how much how many effects that they'll be doing and like the the graphics teams that in visual artists that will be working on this show based on where we left off with like the upside down now just being in Hawkins is I mean that I feel like that that's got to be like a huge concern. So normally they film six eight months usually uh, for these things the last season was interrupted with like covid and all of those restrictions that were placed on how many people could be in certain scenes and that kind of thing that made it a lot harder um but yeah i I would expect about a month per episode minimum on this show so it's eight they they pretty much have confirmed the last season is going to be eight episodes so eight months from july is doing math in my head like spring of next year, there's like no way that they're going to go end in the spring three months later, we're out in July. Like, I think that we're going to need a lot of time for post on this show, you know? Yeah. And the other interesting thing too, is we've also got this like question mark of what's coming with the looming writer strike and how that's going to affect a lot of these shows. Absolutely. So when you factor that could very much become a potential that could slow down production even more. And so it's, I'm really certain I won it in 2024, but I think I've already started mentally preparing myself that it might be 2025, which is just crazy to think of another long break between the seasons again. Um, but it's just like you said, with the show of this scope, like the number of effects they do. I mean, we talk, like, wasn't the budget for like episodes, like, weren't they in the millions? Like, what was it like 200 something i want to say like really really some uh, like crazy yeah. number i heard 30 million an episode and there were nine episodes in season four so that's yeah almost 300 million dollars for the season so yeah so i mean this i can only imagine netflix is gonna definitely go all in to make this big you know this final season as big as they can it's always been kind of their flagship show i know they had a lot of hits before stranger things came around as well that got you know like emmy nominations and kind of put them on the map mm-hmm. but Stranger Things is really that show that really redefined Netflix and made them a player in this industry of like people being like, oh, they can actually produce these shows that millions are going to talk about and that are going to become like pop culture phenomenons of just these characters and the stories are so rooted in into everything now. Um, and so I know Netflix is gonna want to make and the duffers, like they're gonna want to make sure this season is done how they want it done. Like we heard the rumors in like editing things like to the very last minute before Mm -hmm. season four even dropped like and i understand that perfectionist of wanting to make sure you get it right and stick the landing because final seasons are so hard to do um i feel like it's so rare for a big show to go out on top and people actually be like i love that ending Um, uh it's it really is such a rare occasion it feels like like if it's a show that's gone a while that fans love usually the finales there's not much middle ground it's either people loved it or hated it and so I think that makes the task like even more daunting for these creators. Yeah. And like, I mean, 
like I have tried to think about like how they're going to go with this season. And they keep saying like, we're going back to the beginning. We're going back to like, we had a lot of stuff that we had for season two that didn't get on screen. Um, and like, but it's also going to be like the highest stakes ever. And Vecna will maybe be back and won't. We'll, I mean, I think that it's pretty clear he's going to be back, but uh, like th that kind of stuff. And like, we're like, we still don't know so many questions. And so, I'm like trying to think of how it's going to end. And they keep saying it's eight episodes and we're not going to do, you know, as many supersized episodes, but it's like, okay, well, like I'm, I'm picturing like a return of the King fade out ending. We get like six different endings for all of these different characters. Cause like, at least they've said so far, like we're not going to get any new characters. Cause if we were getting new characters, I mean, how could we even do it? But uh, it, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see how it all goes down um what exactly happens i feel like with where they left things and it, it they're kind of they didn't write themselves into a corner but like there's things that have to what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co like happen now to get to like some resolution and it's gonna be challenging i think to do that in a way that like pleases everyone in like a normal amount of time and yeah i'm also preparing myself i think probably fall 2024 it has to be like the new prediction just based on if if filming does get started that late in the year i can't see us you know getting starting production and getting a new season out in like one year like 12 total months you know like i think it's got to be at least 18 15 to 18 you know yeah and before we we've got of course the may stuff to talk about but we also should mention speaking of stranger things we did learn this month the first like spinoff official spinoff was announced and it's an animated show and right. that's basically all we know like we don't know <laughs> when it's coming we don't know what character it will center around like what the story will be literally that it's just the stranger things animated spinoff is coming so it is interesting to like see like there's obviously ongoing plans which we they had hinted at there being plans to continue the franchise in new ways but that's the first official news we got and it was kind of an announcement without an announcement if that makes any sense just because there is so little known about it but it, hey at least it's something and we know the world's gonna live on in some way once the show ends. Yeah, I'm curious because like th is this the spinoff that uh, you know they said that like Finn Wolfhard guessed what the spinoff would be and like is this it I, i'm very curious to find out if this was the spinoff they had planned or are we getting more live action stuff i know they've talked about like there's been a lot of rumors about like a spinoff about 11 but those have been shot down i think by the stranger things like official writers twitter account right didn't that happen am i dreaming that <laughs> yeah no somebody started i can't remember what the initial source was but somebody like put it out there that Millie Bobby Brown had turned down um, starring in an That's 11 right. spinoff and they're like, no, this wasn't a thing. Um, and so, yeah, the writer's room, like they came out and shut that down very quickly of like, no, this wasn't like a thing. She didn't walk away from money just because she didn't want to do a show like this was just nothing but a rumor. Uh, but yeah, I agree because we had that ongoing buzz about like, well, Finn figured it out, but we're not going to tell everybody what Finn figured out and he's not allowed to yeah. tell anyone. So it's like, is that what he figured out or is this something separate? I think the only thing that there was a rumor connected because I, I don't even remember it was the Netflix geeked account or um, 
one of the other Netflix brands, but mm-hmm. one of them used um, an image or meme or something of Erica to react. And so yeah. people are like, oh, is this a subtle hint that Erica could be maybe the central character? So I think that's really the only running theory people have, which is very, very thin, just going off of a reaction meme. Um, but who knows? Maybe that could end up being where it goes. That would be great. In, sign me up. Um <laughs> Okay, well, last month, last May, we got the first episodes of Stranger Things Season 4. We can confirm Stranger Things Season 5 episodes not coming in May. And the list, honestly, if you compare it even to April to last May, a little bit thin. There's there's some good stuff. but um, So I'm just going to read through the list of every Netflix show and movie coming in May 2023. We've got Asterix, Asterix and Obelix. The Middle Kingdom, I might have mispronounced that, but we got Barbecue Showdown Season 2, Black Knight Season 1, Blood and Gold, The Great British Baking Show Junior Series 7, Fubar Season 1, Jewish Matchmaking Season 1, The Mother, Mulligan Season 1, Queen Charlotte, A Bridgerton Story, Queer Eye Season 7, Royal Teen, Princess Margaret, Selling Sunset Season 6, The Ultimatum, Queer Love Season 1, Tin and Tina, Exo Kitty Season 1, Yakitori Soldiers of Misfortune Season 1, Young, Famous, and African Season 2. And just as a reminder, these are all the Netflix original shows and movies coming in May. There are also some great comedy specials, documentaries, family editions, and acquired titles that are coming as well. Um, so, Cody, of that list, what are we talking about? What's what's on your, what are you most excited to watch in May? Yeah, so this list, I feel like it's a repeat of of April. A lot of season ones, which is mm-hmm. going to be interesting. I don't know if any of these season ones, for the most part, have that potential maybe to be a night agent breakout hit. Uh, but I do think there are a couple. And I think, that, of course, the biggest one that does have a lot of buzz going into the month is actually ironically coming right out of the gate on May 4th, which is Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton series, or a Bridgerton story. It's interesting to me that that's how they're billing it and all like the announcements. They're not calling it like season one or anything. So they're very much keeping it up in the air of is this going to be a one off limited series or could there be like a revisit of the story down the line, which. I don't know, I think it could easily go either way, um, just because there is such a rich history there. But I'm really excited about this one. I've seen the episodes already. And of course, I can't dive into spoilers, but the embargo is lifted so we can react. And I will say it's it's even better than I thought it was. Like I went into it with high expectations because I enjoyed Bridgerton. And that's why I was really excited to look into this one. But they do a really great job of telling the story that to a degree we kind of know already because they touch on some of these story plots in the future and the Bridgerton shows. Like we know the history with like the Queen and, and King George but it's it's interesting to get to see how exactly it plays out. And the cast is amazing. The actress who plays uh, the young lady, Danbury in particular, such a scene stealer, um, just just like the characters in Bridgerton. So I shouldn't be surprised. Like that character is so fun and she just steals the scenes. Um, I really think Bridgerton fans are going to enjoy this one. The nice thing too is it does a, a great job of balancing the story. We do have some nods to the future, like the present timeline ish i should say because there's a little bit of up in the air of trying to figure out when it fits in the narrative for bridgerton but we do which was that was something confirmed from the very beginning that we'd get to see some of the actresses back uh, of course the the actress who plays queen charlotte 
Lady Danbury and Violet Bridgerton all reprise their role. Nothing new there that we knew, but it's really just great and interesting how they kind of intertwine the narratives. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I think it's been... mm hasn't been so long. I think it's only been about a year since Bridgerton season two, but it's one of the biggest shows on Netflix. And we often get, you know, requests about on social media or wherever, just comments about when the new season's coming. So it's great that we're getting some Bridgerton. Uh, It's not season three, but it's still, uh, in some ways, I think that it'll be more refreshing to do it this way and, and to get like, basically just to spin it off and do a prequel series about it, like a very popular character. Uh, I think fans will like it. I think that it it hasn't really gotten much buzz yet. I know like people who are locked in about Netflix and know what's coming, obviously excited about it. But in terms of like the mainstream public, I think it could be one of those word of mouth shows that like kind of spreads like wildfire. And like two months later, we're like, okay, it makes sense why that show did what it did. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and they did an amazing job, too, with the casting. Um, the actress and actor who play Young Queen, uh, Charlotte and Young King George, India and Corey, they have such amazing chemistry on screen. It really does give you that, like, vibe back to to season, well, both seasons. I shouldn't say just season one with with uh, Phoebe and Reggae John Page and, and the Simon and, and Daphne storyline, because they the thing that this these franchise has done so well is casting actors and actresses who really do have such great chemistry that it really does pull you in and helps tell the story. And they've done it again with India and Corey, who just are phenomenal in the two roles. Um, there's one episode in particular that's just, it was such a unique way to tell the story and kind of peel back some of the layers. And I think fans are just going to really enjoy this, this series and if it does end up being a limited series and it is a one-off, it tells a really great story within the six episodes. Uh, and that's the other thing. It is only six episodes, so it will kind of leave you wanting more. Uh, but the good thing is they are longer, just like Bridgerton has. Like They're not just like 40 minutes, 42. They're a little bit on the longer side, which does help it make it feel like it's a longer series, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one's going to really help bridge the gap because like you said, we don't know when Bridgerton season three is coming just yet. I'm really thinking it's probably going to be coming in December of this year, fall, maybe at the earliest, just because they just recently had wrapped filming. They've got to get in post-production. It might not look like a show that you would think like has a bunch of special effects, but there really are so many details that go into bringing the show to life that they're going to need some months to get through post-production. So I think it's a perfect kind of mid-mark because we got Bridgerton season two and I believe it was April of last year, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe March. And so we're right about that year mark. And so give something to look forward. I almost want to see more of these stories, like revisit other characters from the Bridgerton series and kind of tell their tale before we met the characters. Cause I think it could be something really interesting. Views should be, I'm I'm curious to see where this one does in terms of like viewership. Yeah. I think that, I mean, both Bridgertons, I think are top five on the English language, uh, net, like Netflix top 10. I, I think they're fourth and fifth, actually. Maybe they got, one of them got jumped by the night agent. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I think that this could definitely crack the top 10 um, and beat out like Lucifer or Inventing Anna. Sorry, I know, love Lucifer, but it's right on the edge. It's number, it's like nine or 10. So um, 
something will beat it unfortunately that's just life uh but yeah no I, I think that like you can't really go like with how popular the shows are like you can't really go wrong with looking like if netflix isn't already looking at like what other characters can we do what about the first bridgertons the mom and dad i don't remember what their names are but like i could see all of those um like really getting expanded and obviously with like Shonda Rhimes involved. I know that she's not like she's an executive producer. I don't think that she's like uh, in, involved in like the day to day necessarily, but like, I don't know. She has a good team around her. She doesn't miss name one. I can't think of, I can't think of a bad Shonda Rhimes show. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I feel like these will just continue to be hits as they're cranked out. And I really do think you're right about Christmas or like the holiday season. Maybe we get it at Thanksgiving or something like that. It does work really well, though. I feel like around that time of year when people have a little bit more time off or are looking for something to watch, um, it's not necessarily a family show, but adults watching those kinds of shows. Like, I, I, I just think that, like, doing that does nothing. Like, releasing it in, like, September or whatever, it's going to do well still. But Netflix, we know, really, like, like strategically lines up releases with like holidays and when you have a show like that that's worked before and can work again i think that that's probably what will happen we know they're not in any rush to push out any type of content at all <laughs> you know yeah and i think that's something people forget sometimes because bridgerton's first season really picked up like after the holiday season by the word of mouth because season one did yeah. drop on christmas day but it was kind of it, i feel like it wasn't really almost until january of the next year it really took off and exploded in the way that it did was because you had the people who were fans of this popular book series, fans of Shonda Rhimes, and they all, you know, of course were tuning in on Christmas when it dropped and that Christmas holiday. But then it was like the word of mouth, like other people talking about it. And we all know, you know, reggae John page blew up and just became like that, that show set his like career path on a completely different trajectory. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those like slow burns. And so I think Christmas fall in general would be a good timeline for it. Um, even if they want to do it around like Thanksgiving, that could be a good fit for it. Um, picking like a day where there's like a stretch where people can just take a weekend and binge the show. But speaking of franchises, I think the other, interestingly, you go from Bridgerton to Exo Kitty, which is a spinoff of the 12, the boys franchise, which was movie franchise, which is the first time mm -hmm. we've seen Netflix do this. Um, so it's kind of an it's interesting boat and a first for Netflix and that we're going to get to revisit this character that we saw across a series of movies that were Netflix originals, but she was always kind of one of the, the background characters. Like, it, you know, the mm -hmm. story was of course about Laura Jean and Peter. And so now we kind of get to see Kitty's story. And I think this one's going to be a popular one for a lot of fans. Yeah. So that drops May 18th, I believe. Yeah. May 18th. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting that Netflix is doing this. I think that uh, those movies, I don't know. We I think that those were released before we like had the Netflix metrics that they were releasing weekly that we could kind of track. But I would imagine those are, you know, of, of the teen movies that Netflix has made, probably one of the most popular. I mean, they made three of them. So I think that, and then are making a spinoff series. And I think that um, what was, so the, I don't think that this one is based on a book by Jenny Han, who wrote the To All the Boys books, but there was the Amazon show. Do you know what I'm talking about? It came out last summer. The summer I turned pretty. 
that's it. Yep, that was a big hit mm-hmm. for Amazon. Got renewed for season two really quickly. Uh, also based on a book series. So I think that there's definitely a market for the like these teen romantic shows and movies that um and, and I think that in this one Kitty goes to South Korea. Is that right? Yeah, so the storyline, you are correct. I don't believe it's based on a book. So this will be like the first right. one where they kind of go off into like just expanding the universe through the show. Uh, but yeah, the premise is Kitty gets accepted into the school that her mom went to when she was in like her teenage years. Um, and so she travels across the globe to this to attend this school. And basically it's her reuniting with the long distance boyfriend that we'd met in the movie franchise and kind of spins right. into this whole coming of age kind of storyline. Um, I think it's going to be really I, I think this could be a sleeper hit just though the to all the boys franchise was such a big like you mentioned hit for netflix and really was kind of among their first big original movies that took off and kind of had this life of their own and people counting down the the months until each of the new sequels that came out and so i think it'll be fun i think we don't have any confirmation on who might you know pop up from the franchise um, aside from, of course, the actress who plays Kitty will be back recurring, uh, returning in the role. We know the um, the actor whose name I'm blanking on that plays their dad. He'll be back. So there'll be some familiar faces, but we don't know like whether we'll get to see like Laura Jane or or Peter or you know any of the other side characters in the show. But I think that's part of the fun that'll draw fans in of like getting to see whether they'll have a cameo or catch up on any of those. The recruit star Noah Senseo, <laughs> he'll be back. No, I'm just kidding. Don't quote me. I, how could they not? That's all I'm gonna say. How could they not bring him back? I mean, we have phones. You do a FaceTime, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, the one that we definitely we need to see Lana back, of course. Yeah, Laura Jean. Uh-huh. Like she's got to make some kind of, especially since Kitty's kind of what kickstarted her whole journey, like her trying to play matchmaker, like it's only fitting that at some point she's going to need to seek out like Laura Jean's advice. And I don't want it to be like a phone call where we don't get to see Lana at all. Like we need, they they should make it happen. So fingers crossed. That'll be like one of the surprises for the show. Yeah. So that's May 18th. We've got a couple other ones. Uh, Fubar is another season one. Arnold is back in an action role. The thing that we've all been waiting to see. I mean, I, I don't know. That might be very popular. I could see action movies and action series are very popular on Netflix. If you just look at the top 10 and like track, like you get these like obscure 2011 action movies that have like a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, but they're the number one movie on Netflix of the week. I feel this FUBAR feels like that. And then um, The Mother is another movie. Jennifer Lopez is in that one. I believe it's kind of an action movie. Maybe. I can't remember exactly. Uh, yeah, I can tell you, it's definitely not a rom-com. I was, yeah. I, I'm like, Jennifer Lopez, the mother, like, <laughs> this sounds like it should be in. Yeah, it's definitely not a rom-com. Uh, I can't remember what the exact premise is there, but it, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. But I think you're onto something with Fubar. I keep, mm-hmm. oh, I keep overlooking that one just because it's not a show necessarily that I am excited for that I would necessarily be drawn to. But I think it could be something and watch it be the sleeper hit of the month that just surprises us and explodes and gets, you know, renewed night agent style seven days after its release. <laughs> oh my God. Arnold's back. Is he on Twitter? We gotta make if he is, we gotta uh look and see what he's saying about the show. Um 
<laughs> what are, we've got a few other ones. The Ultimatum, Queer Love. So the Ultimatum, I think, was from last year they did. Uh, and this is like the spinoff second season of, or I guess it's a spinoff of its own. It's its own thing now. Um, but that'll be interesting. That Love is Blind was very chaotic last season. Um, the Ultimatum, when the first season came out, also very chaotic. Uh, any of these shows where it's like one person wants to get married and the other person doesn't want to get married probably should end in a breakup, but we get to watch it on, like play out on reality TV. Uh, I'm in. I'll watch that. Um, I think that comes out May 30th or something like that. I think it's yeah. around that time. I think so, um, yeah. And there's a lot of other good reality ones coming this month, too, because we've got um, season six of Selling Sunset is dropping in May. We've got mm-hmm. season two of Barbecue Showdown, which if you're looking for like a new food show, maybe not like a baking one, but hey, it's something in the food vein. Um, and then we also have Queer Eye season seven is coming this May as well. So I think it's definitely there's a lot of a lot of good shows and a lot of good options, just maybe not those big flashy ones people might be you know waiting for still. Um, the marquee title or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but June is going to be really huge. We've got The Witcher manifest is confirmed for the beginning of june so i think this will be kind of that last quietish month before we really get into what's going to be a crazy summer yeah the summer looks big it looks like the fall might be september october might be a little bit uh i don't know lesser and then i think that they should finish out the year pretty strong there's a lot of stuff um coming out lupin also just got uh, announced so that's another one and it's coming out in october uh, for season yeah. three. Okay, so we've got some other... Oh, Heartstopper. What was that? Was that... That one's coming in August. Yeah, that was what then, I, uh... I knew that was August. There's some rumors One Piece is coming in August, but unconfirmed on that front. So we'll have to wait for the official Netflix announcement there. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming. I, I'm really, it's just continued to be surprising how they're announcing so much stuff earlier than... Because we used so. I mean, we would get the list... And we would literally be reacting to it on this podcast because there were so many things like we literally found out they were coming when that list dropped. It's like, oh, there's a new season coming in two weeks or less than that. And suddenly it's funny, like to see them changing, like they're dropping so much news. I mean, even we haven't gotten the official release date, but like they just dropped new photos from the crowns next season that's coming in in the fall. And so it's so on Netflix like of them to be giving us such a heads up of what's coming in some of these months ahead. But I'll take it. It gives us time to like look forward to some of these things and build up hype. Yeah, I'm with it. It makes sense to do that. I feel like that's we already know like the Disney movies that are coming out in like 2027 or something like that. So it makes sense for Netflix to give us a couple months heads up. Um, We've got a couple non Netflix originals uh, coming in in May that are worth pointing out. We've got all the Austin Powers movies. You'll see those in the top 10. Uh, the first two seasons of Rugrats, um, Pitch Perfect, the new season of All-American, that's the fifth season, and then Heartland, Heartland fans, stand up, Heartland season 15 drops in May. I feel like people have been waiting for Heartland season 15 for like seven years. I mean, It's not seven, but it's a lot. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting with this one is I believe Netflix is still somehow behind in getting the seasons because I believe season 16 yeah. is already out there too. Um, and that's, I think, what's throwing people off is from what I've gathered, season 15 aired stateside on a network called Up TV. So some people have watched it if they had that channel. So if you 
have been waiting for it. It's coming finally. We don't know when season 16 will drop, but that's something. I think of the 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 non-Netflix originals, I think All-American Season 5 will probably be a big one. Um, I feel like that's a show that got the same push as like Riverdale of like mm-hmm. that Netflix effect. Um, and it's actually the one and only Netflix, uh, CW show that's been renewed. So you can watch season five and enjoy it knowing that another season is coming because uh, it's the first and only CW show as of the recording of this podcast that has been renewed for the next season. So I think that'll definitely probably pop into the top 10 once it arrives in late May. Uh, with season five, I won't give spoilers for those who have not caught it yet, but it's it's been a season. It's been full of ups and downs and all the feels. Uh-oh, I don't watch the show, <laughs> but I know it's popular. It's going to jump right to number one, guaranteed. Um, yeah, so I guess that that's about all the time that we've got uh, for today. I don't think we missed anything, but if we did, let us know. Thanks for listening. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code program.